0: This show furnished by Keylight Counseling Center. Are you looking for an alternative to drug and alcohol rehabilitation that allows you to recover in the privacy of your own home with an individualized program that meets your specific needs? Concierge Detox LA can be that alternative. Headed by medical addiction specialist Dr. Damon Raskin and clinical psychologist Dr. Howard Gloss, Concierge Detox LA will design an individualized program to meet your recovery needs. For more information, contact Concierge Detox LA at 323-935-9712.
1: Although you'll be receiving valuable advice from our host, please remember, this is not therapy. It does not replace a relationship with a qualified mental health
2: professional.
3: I'm Dr. G, and welcome to The Solution. Every week we like to look at our world from a sort of deeper perspective. We present a problem, and then by the end of the show... We try to find solutions to the problems that we're talking about, and we usually start it with a question that we ask our panel that we're going to bring on, but also that we want to make our audience aware of. So our question for this week is, do you have what it takes to reinvent yourself? The reason I brought that up before I bring up my panel is, as a psychologist, clinical psychologist, a lot of times this is the reason people come to me uh, for therapy, they've had uh, possibly a big crisis in their life, and then as they get through the crisis and they start to work through some of the issues, they may find that they have to reinvent many different parts of their lives. And in order to do so, they have to, a lot of times, dig pretty deeply, both from a psychological point of view and, as Dr. Raskin's going to explain, a lot of times there are medical issues that people may face that they may have to sort of reinvent themselves on that level.
4: Absolutely. It happens all the time.
3: So um, what I wanted to do is tell our audience that if this is a story that you have, if you've gone through some difficult times and had to reinvent yourself, if you have a question for our panel that's about to come on, we'd love to have you call in. The number is 1-800- 222-5222. Two 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 five two two two. You could also reach us by email at engage790 at gmail.com. That topic again is, do you have what it takes to reinvent yourself? And I'm about to bring on three amazing women, Dr. Raskin and I are going to bring them on, who have all um, really defined what it means to empower themselves. And each of them has this great story to tell. So I'll introduce them first, Uh, Anna Daines. She is a jazz singer, but a former attorney. So I want to welcome you to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
3: It's a pleasure to have you on. And then we have Monica Phillips. She's the executive director of Friendly House.
5: Thank you for having me. Pleasure uh, to be here. It's a
3: pleasure to have you back on, Monica. And then we have Shannon Farrar-Griefer. She's an author, former fitness model speaker, culinary chef, and ultra-marathon runner. So it sounds like you've reinvented yourself many times. Yes, I still
6: am.
3: And then, of course, my co-host and my partner in crime, Dr. Damon Raskin, who is a... In, uh, addiction specialist and co-host of the show. So it's a pleasure to have you back here.
4: Well, thank you so much. It's always great to be here. I think these stories are very inspiring. I think our audience is going to really appreciate the fact that you can get a lot of hope out of these stories when it's, when
3: you're in your deep, dark uh, times. Uh, I couldn't agree with that more. So let me throw out that number one more time. It's one 800 2225222 we'd love to hear from you tonight. So why don't since why don't we start with Anna? Anna, you have an interesting story to tell about how you've reinvented your life. So I want our listening audience to hear everyone's story first.
1: Of course. So I reinvented myself about 7 years ago. I was going through a very difficult divorce. I had a 7-year-old daughter who was taking music lessons and at her fourth lesson she flat out refused to sing. I didn't want to waste the money. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's always practical reasons. <laughs> always as a mom. So I stood up and I said, okay, fine, <laughs> I'll sing something. And here we are, two albums later, top of Billboard, and so many amazing things keep on happening to me. I'm just letting it all unfold, all unexpected, but all very much coming from the heart. It's, I feel like this is what was meant to be.
3: Yeah, you know, I want to comment on that, because one of the things I tell patients sometimes is, You know, the reinvention can happen by accident. You may stumble into it and then find that you actually really enjoy what you're doing a lot more. And that's what happened to you.
1: That's exactly what happened to me.
3: Yeah, sometimes in the work I do, people will say, well, do you have a passion for doing, let's say, there's a point I did a lot of work with in the obesity community. And I start off, I say, well, I got the job first. (laughs) And the passion sort of came. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to think about it, too. Exactly. And Monica, you have a great story to tell, as all of our uh, great hosts, all of our great women do tonight. So why don't you share it with our audience?
5: Well, about a little over 12 years ago, I checked myself into rehab, and I had been in a really bad car accident. And uh, that was sort of, and then I got arrested, and I ended up in the hospital twice in a week, and my life just blew up. And my background had been that I had been working um, in the fashion industry and I had a retail store and slash art gallery and consulting. And um, I had sort of a, a really great, glamorous big life, but I had this horrific closet addiction and a um, life that a lot of people would be pretty envious of. Yeah, they they people would from the outside. Right. It, it looked pretty cool. Um But you know, Doctor G, I never in my belly really had like a passion truly for what I was doing. I was content and I was happy, but I didn't have like that super super amazing like this is it. I this always it. knew that God, I just I feel good, but I'm not at my at the top of my game. I'm not. There was something missing the, you know, being authentic to what I thought I could really do. So I uh, ended up at this rehab and um, I had time to figure out that I didn't want to go back to any of those jobs, any of those hats. And I needed to reinvent myself. And I never thought in a million years that I wanted to just learn how to be able to control my addiction and deal with it, I never knew that in that deep, darkest hour, I would go through an evolution, a, a metamorphosis, of, if you will, of what is my true calling.
3: You know, I think that is, that's, I hear that, and I'm sure Dr. Raskin hears that too from the patients that you see in your experience with addiction, that a lot of times when people who hit their rock bottom you can't tell them in that moment that there's something very powerful and good that may come out of that yeah. you can tell them it's
4: hard but, for them to hear that that's yeah. right they're, yeah.
3: they're, but a lot of times that is the message i exact i give to pay, like you may have to change your life completely and we don't even know what that journey is about yet yeah but there's no know, there's
5: nowhere but up right that's right right if you if you can get into that positive realm you know there's nowhere but up to and a, a
4: lot of my patients with addiction, Monica, have g- glamorous lives as well. They're, they're either they're celebrities or they're very high powered CEOs. But when you really get to know them, they're not being their authentic selves. Right. They're escaping into their addiction because they don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. And so they're using alcohol or drugs because they don't want to feel this pain that they're experiencing. And on the outside, right. everything looks great, just like you said. And this is what I hear all the time. And uh, I have to talk to them about let's get to the bottom of it and let's move on. And a lot of them will quit their jobs and a lot of them will do something else when they find their passion. And I think that's so
3: important. And a lot of times, uh, what I love about what Monica said too, Dr. Askin, is they don't know what their passion is until they right. get
4: sober. Just, just like right. Anna, nothing and, to do with addiction, but she figured something out later on.
3: Yeah. And just where we're going to hear the same kind of story from Sharon for our griefers. So, Sharon, I want to welcome you to the show. You have Thank an amazing you. story to tell too. So Thank you. please share it with our audience.
6: Okay. Well, pretty. Pretty much since i was a little girl i always wanted to be a mom <laughs> and that dream came true when i was 29 with my first son and then my second son at 32 and then my dream kind of crashed when my husband and i separated my ex-husband and um every other weekend i was alone so i started running and i started just entering every local 5k 10k race and then um, we actually got back together and i came back to this new person a, a so runner. So you became like
3: this ultra marathon <laughs> yeah. runner. That yeah. was your first reinvention.
6: So, yeah. So my first was I'm I'm a runner now. So um when my first marathon was when I was thirty five years old. And when I got to mile twenty when everyone was hurting, I realized this is where I feel good and I Ran a couple more marathons and some um, triathlons and then asked the local running stores, if anything beyond 26 miles? I said, there's a 50K, which is 31 miles this weekend in the mountains. So I dove into that and I came in, I think, fourth women overall. Yeah, then... no, that's
3: great. That's amazing. And then you started running ultra marathons. Yeah. That's and an old, yeah old... Share with the audience what so, happened at that point.
6: Well, then I, you kind of go from a 50K to a 50 mile to 100K to 100 miles. So I did a 50K, 50 mile Forgot about the 100K and dove into my first 100-mile race, which was in Texas. <laughs> and at mile 80, I'm like, I just want to quit. Everything hurts. And I just – one guy came up behind me and said, everyone's hurting. And when I felt that I wasn't the only one hurting, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. But <laughs> and what, then- I,
3: what I want you to share with – I don't mean to cut you off with the talk because we're about to go to commercial. I want to make sure we get your story in. But what happened to you? while you were a runner and you got diagnosed.
6: I was running um, a lot of races, 100 mile Death Valley, 135 mile race. And at the age of 45, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And um, my doctor told me to, I asked if I could do one more race. He said, it'll be your last one. You'll be in a wheelchair in a year if you don't go on treatment. So I went and I ran the Death Valley race. It's a 135 mile race through Death Valley in July and um it was my third time running it my first time when i ran right. it i doubled it i was the first woman in the world to run it up and back and um
3: after And then after that you had uh, even another career I had and then another going go to commercial another, <laughs> I had
6: another career yes so you I became a mom again yes <laughs>
3: you became several and then you went into culinary at school at
6: 45 years old right and then you
3: became went into culinary school
6: and this was recent. Yeah. So, yeah, I went into culinary school. I've been working with, you know, Wolfgang Puck, Catering and a lot of great chefs. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. But I, you know, I was a single mom at 55 years old. So what
3: I'm seeing that's really common to everyone, and we're going to go to commercial right now, is that uh, uh, sometimes, well, actually, sometimes, don't you think, Dr. Re- the the uh, reinvention comes by accident it was it a pivotal my, time, of time of your
6: life i think and, so that... and
3: all three fought adversity
4: whether it was through a divorce yeah. or an addiction or a di- medical diagnosis yeah. they fought through that they found something even better and their lives changed forever
3: and i can't think of a better thing to go to commercial with this sense of you know the courage to uh,
4: deal with adversity right.
3: and recreate your lives and that's what i want Our callers to know that if there's a story that you want to share with us, the number is 1-800-222-5222. We'll be back right after the
0: commercials. Are you looking for an alternative to drug and alcohol rehabilitation that allows you to recover in the privacy of your own home with an individualized program that meets your specific needs? Concierge Detox LA can be that alternative. Headed by medical addiction specialist Dr. Damon Raskin and clinical psychologist Dr. Howard Gloss, Concierge Detox LA will design an individualized program to meet your recovery needs. For more information, contact Concierge Detox LA at 323-935-9712.
2: You're listening to The Solution with Dr. G and Dr. Damon Raskin.
3: I'm Dr. T. We're back with The Solution. The question we're asking tonight is, do you have what it takes to reinvent yourself? Our number is 1-800-222-5222. That's 1-800-222-5222. Did you say 1-800-222-5222? I sure
4: did. (laughs) What was it again? (laughs) 1-800-222-5222.
3: That's all we're going to do this segment is just give out the number. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the... I said I would share a little story of reinvention too. Um, and this is part of what motivated me to do this show. When I was six years old, I was diagnosed with chronic osteomyelitis and had about nine surgeries between the age of six and about uh, 20. Ended up in a wheelchair several times and body cast isolation. I could, my body couldn't fight, uh, infection and it's a bone disease. And it was one of those things that I just sort of grew out of. But what it did teach me is that, you know, when you go through a trauma, a lot of times at a very young age, I think it connected me to this feeling of following my passion and trying to figure out what that is. And that's not an easy thing, because a lot of times I thought I knew what it was and I started to get into it, like I had a career as an actor in Canada. And then sort of what Monica said is it was fun. I liked it, but I wasn't really connecting to it. And it was more of a slow burn to discover that I loved being a psychologist more than anything. And uh, that took a little bit of time. And that's one of the attributes I think that's so important for people to hear out in our audience that a lot of times the reinvention can take many years and you have to be able to tolerate that anxiety to allow it to happen and unfold. It's not, you know, I just took this pill and reinvented myself and boom, that happened. So I wanted to find out from our audience, you know, from our audience and from our panel, what you think are some of the important characteristics when it comes to reinventing oneself. So Monica, I thought maybe you can, uh, Share some of your thoughts, and I'm just going to open it up to the panel.
5: Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is humility that being able to be in a zone that you're open to hear, um, to learn, to be teachable, to redirect yourself, and to be vulnerable. And to, you know, a lot of times, you know, I was 41 when I got sober, and you know, I was pretty good at my game, at what I had been doing, uh, but in in figuring out that that's not something I want to go back to, you know, I did a lot of things like, you know, figuring out what am I good at, of my skill set and all that stuff, but trying to be really authentic, I came to this point of thinking, I've always really admired people that are of service, that help others, and that are able to... Create projects in the community, or or do things that are doers, and um, so I just started asking questions and asking people that I admired, and uh, being in this rehab and just and just being humble and taking a really really you know minimum wage job and to be able to work in that rehab, but you know just kind of needing information from people and wisdom and being open to mentors and. And uh, it organically sort of happened. But um, I think humility and then tenacity, being able Uh, to to stay at it. it. Yeah, and to just be motivated that I will not give up and I'm going to keep going. And I think that's you have to feel that in your core that I'm I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to keep going for something that I really want to do. And I actually didn't know I had that in me.
3: Uh, You know, that's what I learned when I had to all this. Every time I had a surgery, I had to learn to walk again. And it was always that feeling of like, what choice do I have? I have to learn to walk. And I think it built that up inside of me. But I constantly feel like I have to sort of find that space, that energy, because a lot of times it's very difficult and it can get pretty dark. And I love what you said about just relying on everybody around you, building that community, that support system and when you do it with the right people a lot of times it's so wonderful because they're really willing to help you know i i i, I see all everyone shaking their head yeah oh, yeah absolutely. your thoughts stuck No Wilson? i mean
4: it's it's just like what they put you through in medical residency exactly. when when you have to go uh stay up all night And, you know, they're waking you up for emergencies. I mean, people are are having real crises and it's two in the morning and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. Do I really want to do this? And then you're still having to work the next day seeing patients and doing the same thing. You don't get to go home for like 36 hours. And at the end of this, you're like... I have to do this again in three more days because it was like every third day in the intensive care unit and all this stuff. And so you really have to want it to be able to say to yourself, yeah, this is something that I want to do, you know. And so it it kind of puts you through a test every few days. Is this something that you really want to do? Because they really try to, to kind of so
3: break you down, especially you have to really you have to know it at the low point too. So it's easy when you're rested and relaxed absolutely Go, yeah, i'm inspired this is what i want to do it's at those difficult so it's
4: like, right getting through adversity and seeing that this is something that you really want to do you know i think and it the... has
6: to be passion driven too that's, that's, yeah, right. absolutely. that's really important i don't think you'll stick with it if you don't mm-hmm. have a vision of where you see yourself at the end <laughs> and the passion that drives you and the fuel that forces you to continue like when you say like When I was in culinary school, I would come home at 1 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was like it completely changed my clock as an athlete. I had to set my social life on hold, and it was really hard for me. I didn't know if I could do it, but I loved cooking, and I loved doing that, and I knew I had to get through this to get to the end, and I had to achieve this goal. It was something that I had to do. Why
3: did you have to do it?
6: Because— I was fifty-five years old, a single mom, <laughs> and <laughs> and I needed to think about my future. And I just, for the first time in my life, bought my own place, and that was very empowering to me for to buy something on my own. But with that came a mortgage and expenses and utilities and and all the other things. So I, it was something that I culinary school I felt was something that wasn't age discriminating, and it was something that I was so passionate about. I love cooking, and I also thought it was a great vehicle for me to maybe do something other than treatment for my multiple sclerosis. I thought maybe if foods can, they say, kill you, they can heal you. And I wanted to learn the science behind food. And that's where I'm going now. And it's
3: very much what Monica said. It, exactly. it is like being of service, but with food. Exactly. I just want to throw out that number again. So, Dr. Raskin?
4: 1-800-222-5222. <laughs> Did you
3: say 1-800-222-5222? <laughs>
4: Absolutely. So please call us if you have some questions or you want to share your own story at 1-800-222-5222.
3: You're doing a great job at that.
1: <laughs> I'd say the other ingredient is yeah. honesty. Okay, I had to dig really deep at the age of 43 when I started in music to see whether this is really the path I wanted to pursue, because, you know, at that point, you're supposed to have your life figured out or so they say. And here is this new path that shows up that to some may have seemed frivolous. I mean, here I am an attorney. Pursuing a career in the arts Mm -hmm. when people are already established in that field and they've had formal training, which yeah, I I wondered that too.
3: I mean, especially coming to the arts at the latter part of your life, it was
1: scary. But I decided to just go for it. So honesty and admitting to yourself, no, this is really what I want to do. And you can laugh all you want, as my ex-husband often did in our court proceedings, that I was now becoming a quote unquote jazz singer. (laughs) Um, But you know, you have to just stick with it and keep going just like the ladies here are saying.
3: And I love what you said too and I know Monica because I know she does a lot of work in recovery will will probably agree with me and I know everyone will. is a lot of times when you reinvent yourself you may have to find a whole new support system. Oh,
5: absolutely.
3: Oh, she's shaking her head. So oh, yeah. why don't you take it over.
5: Oh yeah. <laughs> People yeah. won't believe in you. Well, yeah, and people will um get a so for me I I had a lot of people in my life say to me um Almost like they felt sorry for me, like like I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, like oh, you know, you you had that amazing title, you know, at that one company that you were working at, or you know, oh, it must be so sad the kind of work you do. You know, it must be very depressing. It must be very. How do
3: you listen to people's problems all day, Doctor?
5: Yeah, that kind of thing, and uh, I didn't. I didn't let it bum me out. There were a couple times it did at the beginning, but then I kind of got past it and just realized that people just truly kind of were just seeing the Monica from the outside. And, you know, that type of way, as opposed to being truly happy for me that I had found my authentic self, that I had found that my what made me truly happy inside.
3: You know, I love what you're saying there, because a lot of times... You know, a lot of us grow up presenting this false self to the world. It's who our parents want us to be, or who somebody wanted us to be, or who we thought we were. But finding, he, getting, connected to that voice can actually be difficult and may upset a lot of people along the way. Because, like you said, they project. Well, Monica, I need you to be in the fashion industry because that's who, that's how I know you.
5: Yeah.
3: I don't know you any other yeah. way, and it yeah. makes people uncomfortable. Yeah.
5: I think that's a huge part is it makes people uncomfortable.
3: So how do you, how would you, how how did you, how would anyone deal with it? Dr. Ruskin, how
4: do you it? Well, no, I just think that you have to show optimism and you have to show hope and you have to inspire people, um, you know, because I get the same thing. People ask me, well, how do you see old people? You know, when you go to nursing homes, I I also work in hospice care and they're like, well, isn't that terrible? Isn't that depressing? And I'm right. like, no, it's actually treating people with dignity and it makes me feel good. I saw a patient today. She's 91. She's near the end of her life, but she still has her mental capabilities. And she's like, you know, please, I'm in so much pain and I, and I can't breathe and and, and, you know, can you help me? And I think that that can actually be very empowering and not yeah. depressing um, if you believe in that. And that's what I, I do. I
5: think also that there comes to a point, maybe you ladies agree, where you don't care what other yeah. people think. No. You Absolutely. get to a point and in your power. life. Yeah.
3: that's the power. That's part that, of the empowerment. That's the power yeah. of the reinvention. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. a,
5: your opinion about me mm-hmm. isn't going to dictate how I'm going to navigate this new thing. I dig it. I like it. Yeah. I'm happy. And you're going to to attract
4: people who are like yourself when you act like that. And those are the people that you're going to want in your life at that point. You know, I'm
3: thinking of a story and it's it's sort of health related, Dr. Raskin. I I do do a lot of work in the obesity community and I'm thinking of a client I'm working with right now and she's lost – Uh, She had the uh, bariatric surgery, and she's lost 100 pounds. And actually, her husband is having a really hard time with it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. He doesn't like the idea that she feels attractive. He doesn't like the idea. And he's pushing her, you know, to sort of put the weight back on and sabotaging the whole thing.
4: And I've seen that with ad- patients with addiction. Yeah, definitely. Because I've seen patients where the wife gets sober and the husband don't know, doesn't know what to do because his role was either to support her when she was drunk or enable her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now that she's sober and her own person and alive and well and doing well – He's lost and doesn't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, I just
3: got a call from someone like that today who just. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working with the family said, "I think I liked her better when she was drinking," mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I said, "Well, it might food. get really messy mm-hmm. for it might get quite messy for a while, but that's actually okay." Yeah, uh, things, I went through a
6: few years of drug addiction, and the only gonna, way the only way out was to get rid of those friends. That's right, and same with my MS. I. I realized who my friends were because my friends couldn't see me sick.
3: And that's hard to, that's so interesting. I want to hear more about that after the break. And maybe we can even get Anna to sing us a song. (laughs) 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 I'm Dr. G. We'll be back uh, right after the commercials. And the number again is? one 800 We'll be right back.
0: Are you looking for an alternative to drug and alcohol rehabilitation that allows you to recover in the privacy of your own home with an individualized program that meets your specific needs? Concierge Detox LA can be that alternative. Headed by medical addiction specialist Dr. Damon Raskin and clinical psychologist Dr. Howard Gloss, Concierge Detox LA will design an individualized program to meet your recovery needs. For more information, contact Concierge Detox LA at 323-935-9712.
2: You're listening to The Solution with Dr. G and Dr. Damon Raskin.
3: I'm Dr. G. We're here with The Solution. The question we're asking tonight is, do you have what it takes to reinvent yourself? And I'm learning a bunch of stuff from our panel. And a few of the things we've been talking about is the courage to reinvent yourself, the uh, ability to tolerate the anxiety along the way, the ability to... um, Just be yourself, as Monica said, which is such a difficult thing. People always used to go, be yourself. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a process to be in that process instead of solution oriented, but looking at your life more process oriented. What am I going through? Because the moment you get somewhere, you have to reinvent yourself again and again and again. And it's that can be very rewarding. And uh, because one of the, I think falsehoods people say is, well, well, I just have to get there, and then everything will be okay, and there is no there to get to. That's right. The reinvention. It's a process. Yeah. So this, so I believe everyone pretty much has what it takes to reinvent themselves, if they're mindful and conscious of who they are and positive
4: i mean you really have to have optimism i think and hope um and know that you can do it um even if you're going to be failing along the way i mean nothing happens to everyone just like that so it's a process and you have to have this optimistic view
3: yeah you know as a psychologist again i i work with a lot of artists in the entertainment industry and it is you know they they maybe suddenly get that big hit and I'm thinking, well, they've just spent 10 years in therapy, getting yeah. to that place. Where, Overnight success. Yeah, there is no such thing. <laughs> so, and I, I love what everyone said, too, that the support system is so important. And you may have to have the courage to let go of a bunch of people in your lives. So, uh, Anna, I was going to ask you, <laughs> I was going to put pressure on here. you
1: to just sing us a little song, maybe? when you feel like you don't fit you're not understood one bit find your wings you can rise above the fray sing what you can't seem to say find your wings when opposing worlds collide imagine you're the queen of tides move that moon back into place if only for your own heart's sake and that's my song, Find Your Wings. Wow. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. It was written with Cindy Alexander here in L.A., and it was really written with a message for probably my daughter when she's walking down the aisle. Know yourself and go for it and don't be afraid. Know who you are. Find those wings.
3: Yeah, that, that
4: was beautiful. And you I couldn't make... do that, say that as an attorney, right? Heck no. <laughs> well,
6: <laughs>
1: Shannon,
3: would you run for us? No, She's, <laughs> she's cooking now. She's, she's cooking. cooking. She's-
6: <laughs> I can do both. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Um, so sh- share a little bit more about your, you were sharing your story before the break, uh, Shannon, about, maybe some struggles you had with addiction and how you had to sort of turn things around for yourself. Yeah,
6: when I was in my late teens, I had a drug addiction. And as I mentioned before, you know, my dream was always to be a mom. And I knew those two didn't go together. I mean, they probably do in some. (laughs) In some ways, but not the ways that you really (laughs) want to be that role
3: model. (laughs)
6: Exactly. And so I um, had to just step out. I was an actress and I had to step out of that world of, you know, I was exposed to that a lot and I did stunts so I was, you know, my call times were 6 p.m. at night and it was just crazy and I got a normal office job. It was really hard for me to be in the limelight and now I'm working behind a desk. (laughs) sales
3: call. <laughs> well, you know, Dr. Raskin has a little bit of a story to tell, too. I'm going to put him on the spot no, no, about reinventing your was, life.
6: Nothing was bad about it, no, no, but no, it was but just I, a
3: change. It was like... There's lots of reinventions going on here. What no, no. I,
4: I, again, I was a, an actor from a very young age. My parents put me in um, TV. I was in movies, commercials. Did about 35 television commercials that were shown nationally, starting at the age of six. Um, and so I wasn't um, a regular kid. I was missing school a lot, and did a lot of school on the set, and um, lived amongst adults, you know, from a, from a very young age, and it was just a different way of growing up. But I I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, but as I got to high school, I sort of realized, is this something that I want to pursue and do? And you know, because I was playing piano and I was doing violin and I was doing all of the things that my my mom wanted me to do, you know, growing up. And and I said, you know what, this is this is all nice. This is fun. It's actually going to pay my way through college, um, which is what I actually used the money for. But then I realized I really liked science, and I really liked um, feeling like I could um, help people, and and the understanding that 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 those two things could go together in, in medicine. And so I went for it, you know. And I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna study really hard, and and did well through. Um, through high school and and got into Stanford and just pursued uh pre medicine and and uh been a doctor ever since and it's just been it's been great and I, I really love my job and I feel passionate about it and I still do things like radio shows I was just so going to say here you are performing so, so that I, so that I can still have that inside me yeah. well but, I did but, too I yeah, was an actor exactly. in Canada here yeah. we are
3: again performing who knows exactly. it all comes around exactly yeah you know, one of the things I wanted to ask my panel that. Uh, it's so hard for people a lot of times to deal with is the setbacks. How you deal with those setbacks. You go after a goal, but a lot of times it's two steps forward and one step back. So I wonder, Monica, you know, in the work that you do at Friendly House and, you know, your own personal work, how you how you advise people, uh, especially if they relapse, uh, how to deal with those kind of setbacks.
5: mm well, you know, life's in session, and stuff happens, and stuff comes up, and you have to weigh, uh, you know, do you truly, with the work I do, do you truly want to get clean and sober, and are you willing to do whatever it takes to do it? And sometimes you don't get the car back, you don't get the kids back, you don't get the job back, you don't get those things back, but it's sort of like a an exchange, if you will, and things do come back. But you have to figure out what is it that you want. And, you know, myself, I went into Friendly House for Treatment and I totaled my car. And I didn't have a car for two years. And I took the bus for two years. And I had, you know, been the woman that used to fly first class and travel all around the world. And I was grateful that I was able to be clean and sober. And so I took the bus And I ended up being, if you want to go anywhere in L.A., you could ask Monica and she could tell you how to do the subway system, how to do the bus, how to do whatever. But, um, you know, and sometimes we call that slow briety. Things yeah. come back slowly, but it's worth it. And so the,
4: the truth about addiction, Monica, and I'm sure you can share this with um, the audience as well. Is that this brain disease often does have relapses along the way? Yeah, you know, and that's one of the parts that people don't understand. They think that sometimes this is just a willpower thing, or you know, why can't you just stay clean and sober? But it's really not like that. It's not like you decide to become sober and then that's it. For for many p- people, it's
5: not. I'm really glad you said that. It's it is a brain disease, uh, and it is. You know, looked upon and recognized by so many different medical associations that that it truly is. And it is not a moral issue. That's right. It is not. Yeah, it's, not, it's not always,
3: exactly, that was going to say. And so before we go on, the number, again, Dr. Raskin?
4: It's 1-800-222-5222. If you want to share your stories or ask any one of these amazing panelists a question, it's 1-800-222-5222.
3: We have a couple minutes. I'm going to ask Anna to, you know, people probably think, well, I just became a jazz singer and then I got a hit album on the billboard and that's exactly <laughs> how it happened, right?
1: Yeah, not, yeah, quite, that not quite that simple. Not quite that no. <laughs> The, the secret in my business is it's not so much about setbacks and just, uh, you know, overcoming, although, of course, it always is, but it's about staying in the game and keeping your eyes which, on which the game. Which is long exactly gang. what
3: Shannon has done. She yes. just <laughs> keeps staying in the game. Exactly,
1: <laughs> and literally. <laughs> literally. Literally staying in the game. And it's the same for me. You know, I might not have another Billboard-charted album for a while, but you got to keep going. Each time you do something, you learn something, and you keep building on it. And the key is also working with incredible people. and Yeah, yourself it, it's with...
3: exactly what everyone's been saying. Red I know love. Monica brought the sense of, uh, you know, just... Getting a billboard app is sort of out of your control. Right. So you just do it because you love to do it. And if it becomes if you become a celebrity or success on that level, a lot of times that's out of your control.
1: The number one thing is doing it because you love to do it. And right. if you yeah. have to get a part time job or develop another career on the side, as long as you can pursue that passion that's inside your heart, you're golden, I think.
3: Yeah, and that's what I learned from Yushan too, is uh it feels like Every time you hit a wall, you you kind of
6: break on through to the other side. That's exactly. <laughs> That's, That's
3: there's right. no wall.
6: Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a wall beyond that wall. We're gonna we're gonna have to take going. a break.
3: But when we get back, we got Esther calling from Santa Monica. She wants to share her story. And our number again is one 5222 two two five two two two. We'll be right back after commercials. Thanks. (laughs)
0: Are you looking for an alternative to drug and alcohol rehabilitation that allows you to recover in the privacy of your own home with an individualized program that meets your specific needs? Concierge Detox LA can be that alternative. Headed by medical addiction specialist Dr. Damon Raskin and clinical psychologist Dr. Howard Gloss, Concierge Detox LA will design an individualized program to meet your recovery needs. For more information, contact Concierge Detox LA at 323-935-9712.
2: You're listening to The Solution with Dr. G and Dr. Damon Raskin.
3: Hi, I'm Dr. G. We're back with the final segment of The Solution. The question that we're asking tonight is, do you have what it takes to reinvent yourself? I want to bring Esther on. She's calling in. She's calling in for Santa Monica, from Santa Monica. So first, I want to give her a warm welcome to the show. Esther, it's a pleasure having you on.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
3: You said you had a, sh- a story you wanted to share with our panel.
2: Yes, I was always a C student. I uh, had a very hard time in school. I was a breech child, and uh, I took the bus to school, and I went to all these different colleges and schools and changing my major just from a psychology business. And I loved art and writing, and so I finally graduated with a writing uh, radio, TV, film, and now I've written uh, almost 10 books. Wow. Plus, I have art because I couldn't make up my mind what to do, whether art or, or um, writing, and I'd do both.
3: That's what I was going to say. Why make a choice? Just do it all.
2: That's really I know, cool. but I uh, got full of everything in my house. I've got a lot of collage, <laughs> 20 years of collage time to help the world by not throwing anything out. So that's a problem.
3: Well, you've got to share it.
2: Yeah, so I have uh, made collages out of a lot of it, but I still
3: have a lot to do. But one of the principles you bring up that I hear sometimes in patients, they can't decide which passion to follow. And what I've discovered in my work a lot of times is you may follow one more than the other at different times in your life, but there may be a time where they both come together. Yeah, they can come together. Like right now, we're... Doing a radio show, but I'm a psychologist, and you're a medical, a medical doctor. doctor. Exactly. And we started as actors. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to quickly go to our panel. The these amazing women were sharing something that I want to uh, – Oh, Esther, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Can I you're...
2: tell you about my new book? No, sure. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. The book of Esther. <laughs> oh, good. Volume, volume two. <clears throat> and I had a book called "It's Not Easy Being a Woman." Also, children's books, too. And I'm on Esther Perlman at yahoo.com,
3: com. Well, thank you very much for thank sharing that so information. And thank it. you for calling in and supporting our show. So, I wanted to, this amazing panel, you were saying something that I wanted our audience to hear before uh, the show's over this concept of how it may be different for you because the uh, sort of your personal evolution happened at a later point in life. What were you alluding to, Monica? I was eavesdropping at you. Well, I was saying
5: that we were having sort of a sidebar about um, that I feel um, that it happened at the right time. I think that I would not have reinvented myself. I would not have had the courage to do it. I wouldn't have had the knowledge to do it, the maturity to do it. All these different um, base feelings, if you will, later, I mean, earlier in life. I needed to go through my journey so that I could embrace and be grateful and be like, yeah, I want to switch gears, switch lanes, and now I'm going to do this. And I just don't think that I would have heard the message seeing that that was supposed to happen. I think I would have kept on trucking with what I was doing and, you know, just been like, "I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm good. But not being, I didn't have the depth to figure out, like, this is not my authentic, true self. And, Monica,
3: if people want to find out more about the work you do at Friendly House, et cetera, how could they do so?
5: They can call 213-389-9964. I'm very easy to find. Just ask for me, and I'd also like to put out that you know what I do is, um,
3: and that's Monica Phillips. Just to make yes, sure, yes, Monica Phillips, gets and it. I'm
5: the executive director. But I, you know, I we deal with just women uh, with helping women um, restart their life and and get off, you know, the 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 psych the crazy zone of your addiction. But uh, if you are an adolescent listening, if you're a man listening, um, if you're a senior listening, please call Friendly House and ask for me, and I could probably help you and refer you to a service that could help you.
3: And that's great information. I do want to remind our audience that if you missed any of that, you can always contact myself or Dr. Raskin here at The Solution, and we'd be happy to forward that information to you because the number is... 1-800-222-5222. And um, that's such such a great story, so thank you for sharing that. And um, Anna, uh, your thoughts about, you know, What message could you give some of our listeners? Here you were probably in a very uh, sort of powerful career as an attorney and then following what people probably thought is this crazy dream of becoming a jazz singer and what you think that took, especially going along the lines of doing it at a latter part in your life. I don't mean latter, but you weren't 20 when you did it.
1: Well, yes, uh, I had a career in law and then I became a stay at home mom and I had a very cushy lifestyle. And to give that up was an act of almost bravery because it meant giving up my social circles. It meant giving up the world I was accustomed to. It was literally like stepping off a ledge. And I didn't know that those proverbial wings would appear, but they did. So you just have to go for it, and the path will reveal itself. That's what I would say. I love to what you say listening. about the path revealing themselves. It does reveal itself.
3: And and if people want to find out more about your work and your albums, et cetera, how could they do so?
1: They can find me on my website, which is just annadanes dot com. On Spotify, Pandora. Everywhere.
3: (laughs) Do you have an engagement coming up in L.A.?
1: I do. I will be performing in Bel Air at Herb Albert's Vibrato on August 25th.
3: Okay, that sounds wonderful. And, again, our audience can always contact us and we'll forward the information to them. And, Shannon, uh, your thoughts about, you know, What I've learned from you is you've had so many reincarnations, and each one's been very passionate. It seems like you're always following your heart. Uh, What message would you give to people if they said, you know, I'm just too old to do this, or I don't have the...
6: People are telling me that now. (laughs) 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 You're like, you're 58, you need to stop running 100-mile races. But I don't think you're ever too old. I think if you have the passion and the drive and the desire, and if you could set goals and just take baby steps... And, you know, with, with running, with what I do with running, there's, I don't finish every race. There's going to be times where I don't finish and I don't look at it as failure. I learn from, I grow from that. So just never give up is pretty much what my whole philosophy is. Never give up. Just keep, keep going at it because you're going to get there and you're going to learn and you're going to grow so much more with each step getting there and um, just being, passionate about it, because when I run these 100-mile races, there's a lot of pain involved. I still, you know, I'm still staring at you. And going I know. Like, I can't believe
3: you run a 100-mile race. <laughs> I mean, I do CrossFit. I did it today, and, you know, I'm making <laughs> well, age do, adjustments. Do, do, do
6: CrossFit for, like, 28 hours? No, I know.
3: I just look okay. at you, you know, I can't like I said before, at our, 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 I can't even barely drive 100 miles everyone and says run, that. run 100 miles. We have a couple minutes left, so I just want to go, first of all, thank everyone for coming on the show, I want to make sure if there's any final thoughts you want to leave with our audience so you know afterwards you don't come up and say, God, I wish I would have said so and so. Um, this <laughs> is your chance to say so and so. So, follow your dreams, follow your dreams, <laughs> yeah, and-, <laughs> and and a lot of times. I think your dreams grow and you don't yeah. always know that's what right. they are. Yeah. And look at your yeah.
4: failures as possible sources of, of innovation, of inspiration. Exactly. Um, and when you least expect it, something really good can happen from despair. Um, and I think that's what all of these stories have shown tonight you know, to our audience. And yeah. I think that's really a message of hope and a, and a message that you can get out of something that you don't think you can. Um, and life can life can be better.
1: Be yeah. brave, dig deep, and really yeah. be honest about what it is that makes you happy. Kind of literally come out of the closet, and you'll get so much support because of yeah. it.
3: But you may have to let. You know, the truth is, there's also a dark side to it too. Yes. You may have to let go of a lot of people. You're going to have yes. to deal with anxieties. You're going to have to deal with feelings of despair that I just can't do. That's right. Success might
4: not. Right. Success might not happen right away,
3: or, or the depression around right. it because I feel like my life isn't going anywhere. You know, all of those feelings. But there's people out there have been through it that can help support you and help inspire you and
6: when There's I tell people, <laughs> yeah
3: well also
5: expect that that's yeah. going to happen too yeah so when it happens you're not so surprised well and that's probably the biggest thing that people will stop and not reinvent is fear they can't Absolutely. press through the fear and at the end of the day we are so much stronger than we think we are we really are
3: yeah I I couldn't agree with you more. So, what I'm, I'm, uh, first, of all, I want to, I want to thank everyone for coming on the show. You women, uh, even our our, 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 you can't see him, but he's clapping for you right now. Our, our, uh, uh, uh Waylon, who's running the show, our engineer, it's been such an inspiration and all. I, I'm just amazed that you sort of like serendipitous that everyone came together with such a great story. So, I guess the message we can give to our audience is, you definitely can reinvent yourself, and it takes a lot of courage. I think it takes a lot of support and uh, knowledge, uh, reach out to people, be feel, have a sense of humiliation, and um, be able to tolerate the anxiety. And you know there's going to be a dark side at times, and that's going to be perfectly fine. And as Monica said, push right through it. Uh, any final words, Doctor
4: Raskin? No, I think it's great. I think it's, I think you guys are all inspirational. I really appreciate you. Anna, coming up. can
3: you sing us off the air? <laughs> I, yes, I,
1: I can. How about a little "See You in L.A." off my last album? Yeah, you better journey. do it quick because we're
3: about to go off. <laughs> the
1: train rolls past my open door, <laughs> calls me with a whistle. I know you're just a trip away, but I'm caught in the hustle of motherhood and storybooks. That's, that's
3: wonderful. wonderful. I want to. I don't mean to cut you off, but we got to get going, and we'll be back next week. I'm Dr. G and Dr. Raskin, and we're saying good night. Thank you.
0: This show furnished by Key Light Counseling Center.